Seem his. We are back. It's been way too long, and for that, we plan to make up for it with a very, very hot show, the September Stretch Show. It's what you all been waiting for. It's what Dave and I have come back for. We've been busy. Dave's been out reading, writing, playing tennis, traveling the world. Now I've been having a baby. Well, my wife had the baby. <laughs> and there are many factors that have come in trying to keep us from getting this show to you. I just dropped, spilled some water on this laptop that we fought through. Been having some internet connection, connection problems. But we're here. Dave's here. We're ready for the September stretch. Dave, how are you doing, my friend? Listen, I'm doing great. As you said, we faced the mightiest of gales. And here we are. Uh, ready to roll. As you pointed out, I am ready with my Dixon Ticonderoga number two pencil. <laughs> it's a classic. Great eye. And uh, I, I mentioned before, that's the best thing that I've heard in like four days. So listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, excited, ready to roll on. Well, let's roll into the leadoff man. The American League, my friend. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, about this, you know, all the divisional races in the September stretch. But if any division still has a race, it's the American League East Day. I mean, Boston, a game up on Toronto, two games up on Baltimore. The Yankees, only four out playing great baseball right now. And Tampa Bay has played well and has played the spoiler in some games as of late. This is an exciting division. Can Boston hang on? Is Baltimore fading? Are the Yankees for real? These are some questions that many people want to know. Give me your thoughts. Uh, does Boston have enough to hang on? Yes. Baltimore is fading. Yes, and I think the starting pitching uh, is going to be an issue, uh, even though we thought maybe they'd be more vulnerable than they've been this year. Are the Yankees for real? Yankees fans, I'm sorry I'm going to say no, but uh, the talent that they've assembled for next year will be uh, threatening all these three teams ahead of them. All right, and very exciting, the American League Central. The Minnesota Twins are only 29 and a half games out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I'm just playing. But you do have the Tigers six game out. Probably not going to win the division. They are very much, though, in the wild card race. Cleveland continues to roll eight and two their last 10 games. The Tigers over 11 games, over 500 at home. That has kept them in the race. And you think they may have the Dark Horse AL Cy Young award winner. Yeah, Justin Verlander. Would you believe that Justin Verlander has pitched the second most innings in the American League mm. this year behind only David Price of the Boston Red Sox? Uh, Upton's been better, and uh, I think this is a team that will at least be interesting for the next couple weeks. Yeah, the Royals have continued their up-and-down season. Very hot for a while. Now they're cooling off again. Their uh, rally mantis is... Not seem to be able to sustain them through this run. and Rally Mantai, there have been two, I think, right? <laughs> That's right. They did replace the first one, and they didn't know how to feed it, and so it died. <laughs> and then Minnesota, the Twins have lost 11 and a half games in the standings since our last podcast. Ouch. How is that even possible? They're finding a way. And out in the West, the Texas Rangers have put eight and a half games between themselves and the Houston Astros. Houston just dug that big hole early on. We talked about that, how that would come out to bite them in the end. It has. Seattle, ten and a half games back. Of course, the Angels and Oakland, they still play baseball in September, but it's meaningless baseball for their own franchises. Well, not entirely, but 
for our purposes here today, it is. The Rangers, a 99.9% chance of making the playoffs, Dave. Tell me about Carlos Gomez. Yeah, Carlos Gomez, a little bit of um, an interesting story here, gets released by Houston, who traded for him last year at the deadline, signs on with the Rangers as starting in left field. His average is only up 22 points. His on-base is up 80 points, and his slugging is up 100 points, so... That's more production. They're getting, of course, elite defense in left field, and that's helped them overcome uh, the the Shin Su Chu injury. But interestingly, mm. the Rangers are only plus eighteen in run differential. Yeah, it's a phenomenal statistic there. That's you know how they're doing it, and they're winning close games. Good, good pitching. And you look at that lineup; you would think they would have a higher run differential than what they do. So wonder that that will come to bear in the playoffs. The American League Wild Card Day. This is an exciting race. How many teams are in this thing? Boston, Toronto, Baltimore, New York. And you got the Tigers. You got Houston. Uh, you didn't write down Seattle. I think Seattle's done too. So we'll go with those two teams. But uh, briefly, who do you think wins this wild card? This is tough for me. Um, I think I think Boston wins a wild card spot. I don't think they win a division. Uh, win the division. I think that. Here's my bold prediction, partner. I think Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to win the pick. division. I think Toronto and Boston are going to mm-hmm. play each other in the wild card. I just have a feeling about Baltimore, and the reason why I have that feeling will come uh, a little will become a little bit more clear later when we talk about what to watch for in the coming weeks. Very good. Well, let's spin around to the National League. Well. Let's start in the National League East, which, as far as a race goes, isn't particularly exciting. Washington has a, a pretty commanding 7.5 game lead over the Mets and a 9.5 game lead over the Marlins. Uh, Washington is 10 over on the road. That's the best in the majors. Uh, we did, even though the media, I don't know if, if I think we may be the first uh, sports show or uh, report or whatever to announce or to talk about the fact that Tim Tebow, did you know that he was trying to play baseball? I think we're the first people that have ever talked about this. Late breaking news. Yeah, signed a minor league deal with the Mets. Maybe give him some clutch at bats uh, against righties down the stretch. No, just joking. He, uh, I think it's more of a media stunt for them. He signed with the Mets. Mets have gone eight and two in their last ten. They have a nearly seventy percent chance to make the playoffs because of a favorable schedule. A couple other things. Miami had a surprise return from Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, I want to ask you, do you think that's a good move, bringing him back quickly here? With it. Either way, I don't think it's going to get them over the hump. I think I think they kind of they're faded out. Uh, I don't know if he's got enough to do it. And so why? I can see either side of it. I'm fine. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you got to – I mean, look, if you're that close, you got to go for it. Last two things in this division – Ryan Howard, unhappy in Philadelphia. Weird time for him to start being vocal about that. Also, Philadelphia, worst run differential in the league at negative 150. The Rangers are the best of the division leaders with a plus 18, or are the worst of the division leaders with a plus 18. Cubs have a plus 221 on the topic of run differential. Uh, As we talk about the Cubs, let's swing over to the National League Central. My Chicago Cubs have a 16-game lead over St. Louis. Remember when it got down to six and everyone was worried? Well, they've Brought that lead back up. Pittsburgh is 19 and a half back, struggling. Cubs 51 and 20 at Wrigley. Best home record by a mile. Uh, but that's enough about the Cubs. St. Louis and Pittsburgh are both in the race. 
though Pittsburgh has gone two and eight in their last ten. Uh, yeah, they've they've been streaking. Been kind of their season, hasn't it? It kind of remind me of the Royals, up and down, up and down. I think that's a good comp partner, and and it seems like they've been that team, the team that has enough to scare you, uh, mm-hmm. but a team that hasn't been able to put it together consistently. St. Louis surprisingly only has a uh, has an under fifty percent chance of making the postseason. We'll talk about why in a little bit. Um, Milwaukee, by the way, just a fun note, has been has attempted the most stolen bases of any team in the league, and. They're just fun to watch. A lot of good young players there. So don't turn it off if it's uh, a team that's in your division's race and Milwaukee because they're fun to watch. Finally, to the National League West, the Dodgers have a five-game lead over the Giants. Uh, Dodgers in firm control, even with the issues that they've had with starting pitching. Uh, and I'll, I'll defer to you. Uh, I think Kershaw is back today. Versus Fernandez, is that That's right? exactly right, and uh, I hope to be able to watch some of that game tonight. Listen to this. Uh, and that's a little teaser for you. If you have nothing to do on a Friday night, or if you do have something to do, yeah. cancel it and watch two great pitchers. Because And one last Dodger teaser, if I may. I've been on this horse all year long, partner. I mean, it is real. We only have so many Dodger home games left. You need to listen to Vin Scully before September in that first weekend in October. Yeah, end. great uh, great point there. And again, wh- why? who better to listen to him call a game for than these two great pitchers? Um, yeah. Other teams in the division, about six weeks ago, San Francisco had the best record in baseball. Now they're just nine games over five hundred. However, they have the highest chance of winning any of the wild card spots amongst any of the wild card contenders in either league at 75.8% by odds makers. Interesting note about Colorado, only the Red Sox have scored more runs than Colorado. The Red Sox have 764, and the Rockies have 747. So that's with a pitcher in their lineup, but obviously in Coors Field. Uh, And I have one last thing that I want to say on this division uh, before we talk about the wild card. Just a question for you. Which team has the better future, Arizona or San Diego? I'm going to still go with Arizona. I like, uh, I mean, San Diego has made some moves, getting rid of some people. You know, they tried the big thing a couple years ago, going out and getting everybody. They've, they've moved on and made some great deals, got some good pieces back. But I still think with uh, Arizona's core, it's a little more developed. You still have Goldie. You got Pollock coming back, who's back. Overall, I think I, I trust them more. Okay. You heard it first here on New Era <laughs> Podcast. Uh, let's talk about the wild card in the National League. All of the National League division leaders have at least a 99.8% chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So uh, what that tells you is those races are done. What you need to watch uh, if you're not a fan of one of those division-leading teams is uh, any games with wild card implications. We see San Francisco with a half-game lead in the first wild-card spot over the New York Mets, who occupy the second wild-card spot. St. Louis is only half a game back. Pittsburgh, four. Miami, five. Those two teams have a lot of teams to jump, so I would say we both probably say Pittsburgh and Miami, barring a miracle, are probably not going to make the playoffs. But between these three teams, the Giants, the Mets, and uh, the Cardinals, interesting things going on in the National League West. And wild card. So, our esteemed 
prized friends, our listeners to the New Era podcast. This is a show that I think we all like. This is, uh, this is what we've been building for all year. It's September to get into playoff baseball. And so Dave and I are going to kind of be the detectives, break down September, asking the classic who, what, where, when, and why, how questions of each other in our respective leagues. So I will start questioning Dave five questions of the National League to get us through the September stretch. Dave, first of all, who, who will be the first manager fired in the National League? Well, beneath that question is an assumption that there will be one manager who will be fired. That's true. I had one in mind. I have one in mind, too. I do have an answer to this question. When I looked at the standings uh, and I went through my brain, I thought, well, who could be fired? I think if if New York were to miss the playoffs, mm. maybe Collins. Collins could be on no. the edge. Uh, I think Craig Council, even though the Brewers are not very good, is pretty stable mm. there. I think Walt Weiss, the same thing in Colorado. I don't think uh, you know Arizona or San Diego are going to make a change. So uh, Atlanta, of course, is out of it because they've already fired their manager. So I've gone through all those just to tell you I think that the first NL manager and, and perhaps the only NL manager to get fired will be Brian Price of the Cincinnati Reds. We heard about this last offseason that they were maybe thinking about it or at least you know there were wins of that i think overall uh you can't necessarily blame the reds futility on him he was remember the pitching coach uh during the dusty baker era where they were i think they won two divisions or maybe went to the wild card they went to playoffs twice um so he was a coach on that staff they gave him a chance of course we know he's had some issues with the media I think it's about time for him uh, to go. Do you have any uh, two cents? Do you have two cents to weigh in here? No, that was the f- the name that I had in mind, and I think that they'll move on from him pretty quickly into the off season. And sometimes you just wonder if it'll even be in late September or October. Just go ahead and part ways, but we'll see. Well, that's and, why. I think, and one so. thing too, I think he'll get a he'll, he'll get a job as a pitching coach pretty okay. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and maybe in a place where uh, there's a little heat on on the manager um, hmm. to get it done. So yeah, very good. So who will be the first manager fired? Brian Price says New Air Podcast. Second, Dave. What? What jersey will the National League MVP be wearing? The National League MVP will be wearing a white and blue pinstripe number 17 Cubs jersey. We agree uh, again, my friend. Chris Bryant, I believe, is uh, going to win the MVP and by a mile, I think, in, in every way. In terms of candidates who you would maybe think about voting for the MVP. The only one who's close to him defensively would be Corey Seager, who is a really good defensive shortstop, but the disparity between the offensive wins above replacement, uh, home runs and runs, runs batted in, even stolen bases, uh, there's just a a big disparity between those two. Chris Bryant's really been... uh, Outstanding, excellent, whatever, uh, probably superlative, any superlative you want to attach there. So look at this line. In six, tw- uh, 612 plate appearances, 36 homers, 112 runs. Remember he bats second, by the way. 
uh, 91 runs batted in, eight stolen bases, walking at a clip of 11%, which is pretty good. Striking out at 21, which you expect. Uh, his OBP is over 900. We're looking at 960. So all around, all those things together, in addition to the fact that he plays good defense, I wouldn't say great, but good defense, can play different positions. Also, there's only one player in the major leagues that goes from first to third on base hits more. Can you name him? He's a big fish. Michael Trout in <laughs> L.A. would be the one. Yeah. Uh, and he's the only one that's done that more than Chris Bryant. And in addition to that, Chris Bryant's grounded into the fewest double plays. And that's with hitters in front of him a lot. So base running... Uh, is a major plus as well, even though it doesn't necessarily reflect in the stolen bases. So he's my vote. I've been chatting for a long time. You said he'd be your vote too. Oh, so I just that uh, I love that. I think he's add? entered that uh, conversation. That only think we had was it halfway through the year. We talked about who's the best player in baseball. Was he even in part of that conversation? It was Harper, Trout, Machado, and Nolan Arenado. And now he's. I think he surpassed many of those guys out there with Trout. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. I think so too. The only the only challenge will be, I think, you look at Daniel Murphy, who has forty point forty three point higher average, twenty two point higher slugging percentage. There's the only challenge. But the thing between the two of them is is defense, and obviously, I think the Cubs, because they're the best team in baseball, have a little yeah. edge there. All right. So where will the Cubs play their away games in the divisional series? The Cubs are going to play their away games in the divisional series in the city mm. that never sleeps in Eastern Standard Time against obviously Which means, New York Mets. Yeah. I think I think the Mets play the Giants and I think the Mets beat the Giants in mm. one game. Now, those of you who listen to our prediction show remember me predicting that the Giants are going to win the World Series. So, I'm I'm going back in my word a little bit, but I think in one game uh, those two teams, I think the Mets know they're in the wild card. They'll rearrange things so that they can get Syndergaard going. The Giants may do the same thing, but I just have a feeling about the Mets getting it done. I just have a yeah. Feeling. I th- I think they play think? in the Bay, of San Francisco. So okay. I, I like your teams playing in the wild card game. I'll take Madison Bumgarner in one game against about anybody, including Noah Syndergaard. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. What we'd have to do, and maybe if we have an enterprising fan, is to see uh, maybe over the last two, three years how hitters from both teams have faced Mm. those two pitchers. Another thing that would be interesting, though, too, we may not necessarily see those two pitchers because what if it's a cutthroat at the end of the season? I mean, remember, St. Louis is only half a game back, so maybe to get in the playoffs, the Giants need Bumgarner to start. So, uh, you know, that's assuming that. That's not saying New York has has a higher advantage getting it there or a greater likelihood of, of being there than uh, San Francisco, but lots of things going on. Yeah. And, and that's really exciting for me. So my answer, where will the Cubs play in the divisional series? Yeah. Well, York. we've already answered this question by de facto, but since I already had it written down, when will the Cardinals season end? This should be <laughs> before the <laughs> yeah, October 2nd. Uh, yeah. And and I, I I think I've got a few. But you can listed. say, tell us why um, then. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Here's the deal. St. Louis has a really difficult schedule coming up. They have 
uh, three against Chicago, four in San Francisco, three at Coors Field, and then three remaining at mm-hmm. Wrigley. So you're talking six games against the best team in baseball. Maybe the Cubs pack it in. They've already started resting some of their their starters uh, down the stretch. But even still, you know they're going with that six-man rotation to stretch things out. But I think you have a very difficult um, schedule going forward, which is why their percentage of making the playoffs is low. Um, I think by the time... I think with maybe six or seven games to play, the wild card race is going to be decided. That's why I feel comfortable about saying the Mets over the Giants. Uh, and I think maybe for those two, it may be those teams, uh, the Mets and the Giants, fighting for who gets home field in that wild card rather than who beats out the Cardinals. All right, so let's go to the why question. Why will starting pitcher Kyle Hendricks not win the National League Cy Young? Great question, um, and I have a few stats to throw out there. Got a lot of Cubs questions here, but they're the best team in the National League. <laughs> I and created the questions, the questions yeah. so I didn't ski this. Um, first of all, great article on Fangraphs, kind of a fun, whimsical thing. It's called uh, "Lefties." Something about how lefties yeah. who aren't lefties, and it's guys who many major league fans think are left-handed that aren't left-handed. And for some reason, people think Kyle Hendricks is a lefty, Um, but he's not. If I had to give you a very simple abbreviation for why Kyle Mm. Hendricks won't win the Cy Young, it would be MPH. I think one of the major reasons why he won't win the Cy Young is because he just simply doesn't throw hard enough. And so he doesn't, uh, give the impression of being an overpowering mm-hmm. pitcher. And generally, when you look mm-hmm. at pitchers that win awards, whether it's Cy Young or MVP, and all of that is you know, a question for another mm-hmm. day, I think you like to see those guys. Or what you like to see is eye-popping win totals, like Keiko from last year had 20. And for some reason, you know, that's, that's a magic number for people. However, he does have one traditional statistic working in his favor, which he leads the ERA category by point. Four, one, which is really significant. Um, however, I think when you weigh that against how hard mm. he throws, uh, you know that that's one thing against him. In addition, Scherzer, Cueto, and Bumgarner have all thrown thirty innings more than Hendricks has. Um, but on the plus side, did you know that he strikes out more batters than Johnny Cueto? He he he's at eight, right about eight um, per, per nine. So that's a fair number. He leaves 82% of base runners stranded. Uh, but here's the thing. When you watch Kyle Hendricks pitch, I don't know how much uh, any of you out there have watched him pitch. He's the kind of guy that's all about location, moving on the fastball, uh, uh-huh. throwing strikes with the breaking ball, and getting swings and misses with changeups. So he's not really going to be the type of guy that has a wipeout breaking ball or who's, who's going to blow you away with his stuff. Even though he has a great ERA, I think when you're looking at wins above replacement, there are guys that are well ahead of him, like Scherzer. Uh, and I think if I had to vote, I'd vote Scherzer. So I think all of those things together are the answer to my question. Do you have anything that uh, you would like to add? Or maybe do you want to argue that no, you No, I will say I that know. I'm kind of uh, cheering for him. It would be, I guess, the way if I had to vote, it would be a, a Cubs sweep, you know, with Bryant and the MVP and Hendricks getting. Uh, I think sometimes, though, even with Bryant and the MVP, you have Rizzo with him. Sometimes when you have multiple people on the same team, they can take votes away. And so you see that 
Chicago Cub pitching rotation was really the best in baseball. Does Arietta take votes away? Lester and Lack, you know, these things, do they hurt Hendricks as well? Right. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know, though. I, I don't think he does simply because, unfortunately, uh, I, I like when people, we want the hard throwing. We want the 20 wins. We want, the, we want these certain quite, you know, standard statistics that he may not have everything on. But I think he's pitched well enough to get it, and I would, I would be happy to see him win this award. Yeah, me too. One thing, too, we were in the uh, off-air, we were talking, the Chicago Cubs have all five of their starting pitchers in the mm. top 30 of wins above yeah. replacement in the National League. So, like you said, yeah, and, uh, good and staff there. We've been talking about the Cubs so much, Dave. There's a reason they have the most wins in baseball. They're favored to win the World Series. But how, how can the Cubs fail to win the World Series this season? I think the biggest thing uh, for me in answering this question and the biggest anxiety I have watching the Cubs and thinking about the Cubs in the playoff is their shortcomings in the in-between innings, mm-hmm. the bridge innings between the starting pitcher and between Chapman. So the Cubs absolutely need Pedro Strope back, and they need an effective Strope. Now, he had a setback uh, in his rehab from tearing mm-hmm. that meniscus in his knee, pulled his groin. Now they're saying we may see him just at the very end of September. That makes me nervous. Rondon is also ailing because he has a, a, a throwing arm biceps injury. So those two guys, uh, you know, hallelujah that they made the trade for Chapman because he's helped. But if those two guys can't be at least 75% of what they can be at their peak. I think the Cubs are really going to struggle. And we've seen teams with good bullpens know that the best way to win playoff games is to shorten the game, right? So if Arietta knows I've got three guys that can pitch three innings no matter what the score is, he can try and throw a mile or two uh, harder on his strikes or, or you know maybe go for a a big strikeout in a situation where normally he'd try and pitch to contact mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. So I think that would be my main issue. Uh, would you answer that question differently or do you have anything no, else think, to add? Uh, well, outside just they're, they're being cursed by the billy goat. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm only kidding. Uh, I think it's just uh, timing and you know, it's a different season. I think they have a team. Obviously, they can do well. I mean, well, they're doing great in the regular season. I have a team that I think would also be built for the postseason. But it's just all about timing. If another team gets hotter and it can ex- expose some of these weaknesses you talked about, then it's just uh, – mm. then I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, it's like I wouldn't be shocked if they lost a playoff series. That being said, I picked this team at the beginning of the year. I'm sticking with them to win the World Series. Nice. Because you're a genius. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, hey, listen, we're going to move to the American League. Uh, you exposed my weaknesses in asking me difficult questions. Uh, there were no chinks in your armor, my friend. To... Ah, well, well, listen, maybe you don't think so. Maybe some of our listeners do. You can obviously yeah. tweet us if you have issues uh, at New Era Podcast. But let's move our um, investigatory podcasting over to the American League, and I'm going to ask the questions now. Now I'm off the hot seat. Uh, my first question is, who will win the American League Cy Young Yeah, award? excellent question. And I've kind of have tailored my responses more to the quick trigger fire, so I just have a few things I'm going to throw at you. But uh, here's a name for you. 
uh, it's not out of the blue, but I think casual fans will think, what? Rick Porcello had an awful year in Boston last year. Is bounced back, going for his 20th win Friday night against the Toronto Blue Jays. As you said, even about Dallas Keuchel, the Riders love the 20-win plateau. But more than that, Mm-hmm. This guy has five and a half strikeouts per walks, Dave. Best in the major leagues. Only 28 free passes allowed this season. The Red Sox have won 19 of 28 Porcello starts. If he, if they make the playoffs, and it's been said that the, the Cy Young is like the MVP for pitchers, and how your team does typically is a barometer of how the voting can go. So if you pitch your team into the postseason, he has that going for him. A 102 whip, third in the American League, behind the guy who also has a strong case, Justin Verlander, who leads that. And this is where he he does have a weakness, only 154 strikeouts, which we like to see more of those strikeouts. Mm -hmm. But maybe, you know, probably have four starts left in September, maybe. And if that's the case, maybe could get that number up to 180, you think, possibly. And then that's a, maybe more of a yeah. number that you could see for a Cy Young winner, a 23-game winner, uh, 180 strikeouts. So I'm going to say Rick Porcello. A couple other things for Porcello. Only three losses. Yep. His batting average of balls in play is 268, which is not bad. So The bad. Uh, he, he's, he's been – there you go. He's been effective. Uh, partner, hmm. I disagree with you. I don't I, think Porcello I knew you win. would. If if I give it to anybody, I give it to Corey Kluber. Mm, the Klubot. Uh, the Klubot, indeed. Uh, you know how much I love Chris Sale, but I think Kluber would mm-hmm. would get my nod this yeah. year. Uh, but Priscilla, like you said, has a lot of strong things working for him. And if you pitch your team into the playoffs, you're right. Yeah. Um, all right, now let's move from who to what. Mm. What? Yeah. Is the most exciting race in the American League. Yeah. Is it the American League East or the wild card? Explain. Um, I think it's the East, no doubt about it. Here's why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you answered that so deliberately. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking about this the other day. So, okay. to me, is more interesting than wild card because the amount of divisional games that these teams have remaining. We're watching this thing unfold in real time. It's cutthroat. The amount of teams in the hunt. You have four of these teams that can even win the division, though I, I think neither of us think the Yankees are a real threat because they're in fourth place. You have to overcome three of those teams plus the amount of games you are behind. And essentially, this is the wild card race. I mean, the majority of these teams, are, and this is whoever doesn't win the division will win the wild card. You yeah, throw the, in. The wild card is almost right, a subset. Exactly. Of the and East, I then I think the divisional races, since divisional races mean more. In the sense that we're a division winner, we don't have to play in that one wild card game. I think that gives it an extra oomph of meaning of we've got to win this, bragging rights, if you will. And so to me, it's the American League East race. American League, even though you have mm. uh, your hand-wringing Midwestern fans uh, berating you because you're so East Coast biased, I, and, and the Detroit Tigers have... Have rise have have risen like a phoenix. Uh, they have, and to be honest, I think the Tigers win a spot. We'll get to that in a moment. I'm sorry, but I think this is still going to be a, a more interesting race, and I think that the Tigers will benefit from that race. Sure, that's a good point. Um, let's move to where the where question. Mm. Uh, this is a bit 
offbeat because we're not going to be talking about competitive teams, but we're going to talk about a team that lacks uh, competitiveness in a lot of areas. Where, where do the Los Angeles Angels go from here? That's my question to you. They go home. Remember the Los Angeles Angels. They go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. You know, I know what you mean here. We've talked about this. Uh, somebody even wrote an article. I'm sorry, was it uh, Tom Verducci for Sports Illustrated? That article on Mike Trout is phenomenal if you guys haven't read it yet. Uh, and so what are they doing with Mike Trout? I think they have to pull the trigger on some trades. I mean, you, the Phillies, the Reds in recent uh, – we've talked about both of those teams needing to do stuff. Wait, they've waited too long. Other teams we've seen wait too long. The Yankees, were, you know, they finally pulled the trigger, made moves. That's what the Angels need to do. What, whatever it is, and even up to the point of selling Mike Trout. And I know people are going like, how can you sell the best player in baseball? Well, okay, we can have the best player in baseball and finish 20 games behind for the next 10 years and wasting. Or would you rather have a good team that can make the playoffs and perhaps win a championship? To me, if I'm a fan, give me a championship over Mike Trout. Mike, thanks for your years. But if you can get us four to five, six, how many, what could you get from Mike Trout? What's the price tag on Mike Trout, you know? That can, yeah, and, and their farm system is so bare, it's anemic. And they have to do something. And I know this year they had injuries, other things plaguing them, but it's just been a, a downward trajectory the last two to three years for them. Um, you, you know, I, so I would do just about anything. You have Tex ahead of you. You have the Houston Astros ahead of you and the Seattle Mariners ahead of you. Not only in this year's standings, but I think just in, as far as uh, in terms of organizational depth. Uh, trajectory where they potentially could be in the years to come. And so I would be willing to move Mike Trout. And I think a good fit for him probably would be Boston. Whoa, you would I'm just that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding about Boston. But, I mean, I really would consider moving him. If nothing else, move everybody else around him and rebuild as quickly as possible from that, you know, standpoint. Yeah, that's a good point, partner. And, and we we chatted the other night. Mm. I've got a I've got a mega trade deal, and I'll throw this out there. Uh, our our Twitter followers, tell me what you think. Mike Trout to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw, Arias, and Swanson to the Angels. Peterson, De Leon, and Andrelton Simmons to Atlanta. Three team so deal. So a three team deal. Oh so my. you get back. Uh, the best starting pitcher in baseball, uh, the most promising starting prospect, and a brand new power yeah. hitting shortstop. Yeah. Does that sound like a? F- I don't want to say fair, but does that sound like a something you might be able to swallow getting mm. rid of Mike Trout? You guys tell us. Um, but let's move from where to when. I don't mean to to make our Ohio fans uh, upset, but the question is. When will Cleveland exit the playoffs? October. (laughs) (laughs) I think they uh, will lose in the ALCS, so I think that they win their opening round. Against? uh, Against Terry Francona gets revenge on the Boston Red Sox. And I'm very sad, and he's very happy, though I'm happy for Terry Francona. We all know I love Terry Francona. Though I don't think that they get past the Texas Rangers, even though it was a very long series. I could see it going six or seven games. But I'm going to stick with my initial preseason predictions of a Ranger-Cub World Series. And I think Cleveland comes up against the Rangers. Uh, Just their lineup's a little deeper. 
The pitching, I think I would still lean Cleveland, but I don't think Texas is so far behind that it's such an advantage for Cleveland that it gets them into the World Series. Good answer. Uh, I think there's a very succinct, well-explained answer. Well done, partner. Let's let's move on to why. Uh, why should we not sleep on the Detroit Tigers? Why are they still around in this race and why should we not be surprised you said that they're going to make the playoffs why should Mm. we not sleep on them why should we believe you i guess well i mean uh don't stop believing comes to mind first (laughs) off from journey right so you're rocking that from the sage (laughs) rock and rollers so you're you're throwing that through your stereo system you got jay upton who's finally getting hot finally starting to tear the ball around the ballpark this team is 14 in 23 of their remaining games are at home. 14 of 23 games are at home, where they are 11 games over 500. You reminded us of that earlier in the leadoff, man. Justin Verlander is flat, nasty right now. He's, I mean, we were hard on him last year, yeah, Dave. We, we were, were hard on him even at the in spring training. We did, I didn't know what we were getting with Justin Verlander, and we we're getting a new revamped 2.0 Justin Verlander. Listen, living here in Michigan, people are wearing Verlander jerseys again. So they're back. You know, it's like the it's like he, what they did is they took out the phone jack in the bottom of the phone, and you now have I, iPhone Seven. It's like the new and improved Justin Verlander. I like that. He's made he's made his moves, and then so, and this is why I really like them. Let's let's play. Let's go through this schedule. They got three this weekend with Baltimore. Guess what? That's at home. Baltimore, awful on the right. road. Baltimore is 31 and 38 on the road this year. Awful. So I get those three games at home. But let's just say they lose one of those games to Baltimore because Baltimore's still a good team, so two and one. Seven games versus the Cleveland Indians. Even if they go three and four in that, I think it would be a closely contested series. Let's say the Indians get four of those games, so. Then you get three at home with KC. I think they can get two of those. And then here's the kicker. They get a healthy dose of the worst in baseball. Seven games against the Minnesota Twins. Three against the Atlanta Braves. At worst, they're getting eight wins there, don't you think? Eight and two. And so you put that together. That's a 15 and eight stretch to end the year. And with the other wild card teams in that more interesting race, the American League East, Beating up on one another, I think they sneak into at least, I'm going to say, I will say at least, but I, I think it's the wild card two spot. I'll give them the wild card two spot. All right. Well thought out. That's interesting. So don't, so don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on the Tigers. All right. Finally, That's let's right. close with how. How can right. the Baltimore Orioles still make the playoffs? This is how Baltimore can make the playoffs. You got to win a bunch of games. You, you got Boston. You got Toronto. <laughs> it's uphill battle. But they do get the D-backs at home. I told you that they can't win on the road, but they still have 11 home games remaining. And Arizona's part of that series. So if they can get nine of those games at home, and that's not insurmountable for the way they played there, and you have to pitch better, and you have to get the ball to Zach Britton. If they can get him the ball... I think they'll be okay. And they have to keep Adam Jones healthy. So that's how they can make the playoffs. Do they do it? No, they do not. Wow. You think they win the division. I think they're at home. So that's where we differ in our American League. Tough picks. pronouncement. Yeah, Baltimore has 14 games coming up against Boston. 
Toronto, mm -hmm. New York, and Detroit. Tons of division games. Well, listen, yeah. I think that wraps up our sleuth-like September stretch episode where we oh, yeah. uh, we get our notepads and our hats with the pencil stuck in them and uh, ask the, the big questions. Let's move to what to watch for, and then we'll get to trivia. A couple things. Uh, we talked much about the AL East. Uh, Baltimore, as you mentioned, plays Boston seven more times. Baltimore plays Toronto on the final four days uh, of the season. Boston finishes the season with 21 straight divisional games. Only three of those are against the Rays, which means they've got a tough stretch. Toronto's got 10 of their last 21 against non-playoff teams, maybe the most favorable of the, NL or the AL East schedules, and you talked about Detroit's schedule already. Uh, in addition to that, not to be listing too much to you, but uh, the Dodgers play San Francisco for three games. And then on the final day of September, San Francisco, though, has 13 of their final 21 against sub-400 teams and then four against L.A., so a lot of chance to make up in the standing. Uh, Pittsburgh has a weird schedule. They have 14 straight against Reds, Phillies, Brewers, bad teams, then eight straight against Washington, Chicago, and St. Louis. Um, so they could continue their ebb and flow season of wins and losses. Yeah, and we, we have some friends who are who are Pirates fans, so you know, just hang on and, and uh, you pray against those other teams, right, partner? We'll, we'll see you in Bradenton in the spring. Yeah, there we go. All right, trivia. Uh, just to finish, if you remember yeah. way back, I asked my partner oh, yeah. if he could name four players that have oh, finished yeah, yeah. with have finished a season yeah. with a hundred stolen bases. Can you name four <laughs> different players? I don't remember what I said. I know I gave you an answer. I didn't get it right. I got two of the four, I think, that you asked me. Well, now you've your mind has been has been. Uh, uh, well, I know emptied. that uh, Ricky Henderson is one of the yes. players. Um, Lou Brock, whom I missed before, and I was so embarrassed that I missed. Uh, I just was not thinking correctly that late hour of our recording of the podcast. And then uh, now I can't even think of one that I said. Did I say Ty Cobb? I don't think you did, but good thing you didn't because he's not on he, the list. He's not on the list. I can't remember that player that I said. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Maury Wills, um, the Dodgers. Maury Wills. Yeah, that's three. Now you got to just get one more. One more. Okay. Um, and this is where I think I got nothing. Uh Cool, cool Papa Bell? Cool Papa Bell. Great guess. No, unfortunately not. Uh, okay. What do we got? What do we got? Uh, Hugh Nickel from the mm. late 19th century. Of Arlie course. Latham, late 19th century. Lou Brock, of course, you said is right. Charles Comiskey, late 19th century. John Montgomery Ward, the same year as Charles Kaminsky. Charles Kaminsky had 117. John Montgomery Ward had 111. Imagine two of those in one season. You know, really interestingly, there's a guy who was on the Phillies in the 1890s named Billy Hamilton who had <laughs> three 100 stolen base seasons. So if you had just guessed the best base stealer in the league, you may have gotten one, but you didn't. And uh, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but they called him Sliding Billy Hamilton. For those of you, Nick. Well, I think Billy Hamilton's birthday is today. Happy birthday, Billy Hamilton. Turns 26 today, I believe. There he is. Many more years. Yeah. Don't steal against John Lester, though. That's that's my only request. <laughs> my birthday wish, if you will. Now, you've got a question for me. 
Yes, I do. Outside of the American League East, the smallest divisional lead in 2016 right now is five games. It would take some major collapses for these divisional leaders to not make the playoffs, Dave. What is the worst September collapse in Major League Baseball history? I have two ideas. I'm trying to decide between them. Okay. But listeners, so you, you'll, you, you'll have to await for the answer until next week. Is that right, partner? Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. It's podcast, so it's whenever you get to it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what we mean. Hey, listen. Right. Thank you for listening to more baseball ramblings from the New Era Podcast. Of course, join the conversation on Twitter at New Era Podcast or visit us on Facebook. It's this new social media site people are really excited about. Uh, also, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us get the word out. Very helpful. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how to improve. Uh, or maybe if we just blow your mind because we're so good and we need to be a bit more humble, uh, teach us. Tell us. We still have our five-star rating, I think, partner. And I think we've got listeners from all over the globe. That's true. We have listeners, well, from England, right? But mm-hmm. but didn't we have people from, like, Cameroon or something listening? Oh, they're all out there. Thanks for listening and uh, tell your friends. There we go. Uh, but... I think we got to let you sign off and we'll be on our merry way. Partner, take away the microphone. Seamhez, we appreciate your patience as we've took a three-week sabbatical. And until next time, for Dave Papendorf, I'm Gabriel Heineman. Remember, whether at the plate or in the field, always keep your eye on the ball.